When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years, and he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Welcome back, everybody. What is going on? Welcome back to the Coach Steve Show podcast. Today, of course, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl. Super Bowl has now come and gone. NFL season is over. Done. We are going to have to wait six, seven months before the NFL makes its return. There'll be plenty to talk about till then with free agencies, upcoming drafts, different moves, still head coaching jobs opening up, or still open that have yet to be filled. Uh, assistant coaches have to be filled. So we got some quarterbacks that are still on the move. There'll be stuff to talk about, but we're going to talk about the Super Bowl, uh, discuss the game. We'll discuss things that led to each offense and defensive plays and how each team, how the Rams pulled out the victory 23-20. to We'll talk about all that. 
And then, yes, we might touch a little bit on the refs at the end of the game there. And then Ms. Sean McVay retiring? First, I heard of it. So we're going to talk about all that today on this episode of the Coach Steve Show. Please, if you're watching the video, please like the video. Please subscribe to the Coach Steve Show YouTube channel. We got to get the numbers up, the rookie numbers. We got to get them up. So please and thank you for anybody who has already subscribed. Please, if you haven't, just, just hit the like button and hit the subscribe for me. And this podcast can be found wherever you listen to your podcast, literally anywhere. Uh, so wherever you're listening to, please follow it and please rate it. Uh, it just helps out the podcast so much. And if you're feeling a little extra friendly, be a friend, tell a friend about the podcast. Thank you guys so much. Leave a comment in the comic sections of the review and the comic section of the YouTube channel if you're watching it. Please and thank you. This podcast is brought to you by the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. If you head over to bellyupsports.com, check out all the stuff there. you got tons of blogs. Tons of blogs, tons of podcasts, and we're on TV. If you check out the website, it will tell you where to go. Uh, if you have a Roku, uh, you go to Tiki Live. We are on TV. So go check all that out. Big things happening with the network. So, again, there's stuff out there even for people that's not about sports. So go check that out, bellyupsports.com. And this podcast is brought to you by Coach Stone Football and is back to the basics book series. So football coaches, we're getting into maybe your spring season. We're starting to plan for our summer, you know, all that good stuff. So it's time to get back to the basics and get simple on drills. And Coach Stone has just that. He's done all the work for you. So if you go to CoachStoneFootball.com, he's got tons of books. His very first one's over 500 pages. And then he's just branched off and continues. He's got strength, conditioning, offense, defense, uh, special teams, all that good stuff. So... Uh, go to CoachStoneFootball.com, back to the basics book series. Thank you, Coach Stone, for sponsoring the podcast. Guys, go check it out. You'll never have to look up another drill again. Okay, Super Bowl has come and gone. Rams versus the Young Bengals with Joe Burr, who came in and his swag looking like the Tiger King. Fresh out of prison is what he looked like, except... Way more suitable, I believe, but that's that's the vibe I got. Big time Super Bowl. You had tons of celebrities. You had fans. Before we dive into that, did anybody else wonder how these people afforded a ticket? Tickets were what three thousand dollars at the least. My God! And there was what seventy thousand people, if not more. I can understand the rich, the richy rich that tell us what to do. The rich people tell everybody else what to do. Those people, I understand. They could buy a ticket. They could literally. Hey, here's my car. Just take my car. Give me a ticket. And they have 15 other cars. But how did everybody afford a ticket? Is it really crypto? There was a ton of crypto commercials. Is that really how people afforded a ticket? My God, whatever these people do to be able to just drop three to $10,000 on Super Bowl tickets and then to fly out there to stay at a hotel, give me their job. My God. But anyway, so we had our Super Bowl. The Rams escaped. With the victory, 23-20 to over the Bengals. Overall, I thought it was a good Super Bowl. Um, you didn't see a team get blown out. We didn't. It was kind of a defensive game. But to me, would a defensive game be more of like a 7-6 to game, like the old school, actually not that long ago, Raven-Steelers type games? I believe those are defensive battles or 10-7, to 10-0, something like that. 
you know, it was 23 to 20. I know some people, I was thinking it was going to get into the 30s just because the Rams and the weapons they have and who their quarterback is. And because the Bengals were getting up to the 30s on uh, the Chiefs. And so I figured, okay, how I thought the game would go would be the Rams would score a decent amount in the first half and then the Bengals being a second half team and the the, the decently good, I'll, I'll say they're good, the good defensive players they have that play as a team would figure it out and then Joe Burrow figures it out in the second half and they start to score. So I was rooting for the Bengals and I really thought the Rams would do all their scoring in the first half and then they would start to struggle a little bit in the second half because the Bengals would figure it out and they would just be like you know what screw and go out and play and just leave it all literally leave it all on the field don't hold anything back whatever type of defensive calls they've never made this year they're going to make them and offense whatever you know trickery calls they have on offense now is the time to do it and that's what was going to happen. But a good game. I thought it was a really good Super Bowl. Uh, the commercials weren't too, the best that they have been, but there were still a lot of good commercials. Um, they weren't too over the top. Um, just a lot of crypto stuff. There's a ton of crypto. Is that what we're going for is Bitcoin and Dogecoin? And that's the only ones I know. Pi, is that one of them? I don't know. But is that what we're going to? But, I mean, overall, I thought it was a good game. Uh, no real complaints about the Super Bowl, except I was rooting for the Bengals. But I was also going to be happy for Matthew Stafford if the Rams won. But the Rams came away um, from a hard-fought win. Um, going to try to talk about offense, defense for the Bengals, offense, defense for the Rams. Some are going to intertwine and be repeated. But the Bengals, um, I thought their defense overall played well. I know in the first quarter and a little bit of the second quarter, so some of that first half, it was just some of the big plays that they were giving up, you know, they would, uh, the Rams would, so the Bengals, how they beat the Chiefs, they were dropping people back into coverage and they were making um, Patrick Mahomes move out of the pocket, which he can make throws outside the pocket. But when you drop everybody and you're able to pressure him and you're able to, to play coverage, that could beat the Chiefs and that's what the Bengals did. And when you have, you know, Odell Beckham and you have Cooper Cup and, you know, some running back weapons, they were dropped back into coverage. And Matthew Stafford was doing a decent job of hitting a wheel route from the running back, which then opens up other guys. When you start to take that away, it opens up something else behind it. So those are the type of things I saw the Rams start to take advantage of. And so I thought overall, besides some of the big plays that the Bengals were giving up, they were playing better. Um, the pressure was okay the first half, but then that third quarter, they really, you know, that second quarter, third quarter, they got some pressure. Um, you know, second, third quarters for the Bengals defense was a lot better than their first and their fourth quarter. Um, the wide zone was not working for the Rams. And I'm sure I'll bring that up again, but when you watch the Rams were really like, uh, getting to the gap. They were starting head up. They were keeping control of the Rams offensive line when they were trying to run their wide zone. And the running back for the Rams, I thought, did a good job of staying on his track because wide zone, you know, football coach, I listen, no, they aim for the outside of the tackle or called ghost tight end or where their tight end is. And they have to make that decision. Are they going to keep going out or cut it back? And I thought the, the Bengals did a good job of the linebackers did a good job of scraping into the gap, and then the defensive ends were doing a good job, and then people were coming up and making the tackle. And then what you started to see when the when the Rams were still trying to dump it off to the running back 
what you saw was their corners and safeties were really coming up, breaking down really well, and tackling. And then you were seeing tackles for loss uh, because the Rams, they were making, trying the Rams on wide zone uh, solo block, which is tough on wide zone. You want to try to get to a double team, or if no one's there, you could try to cut off a linebacker. They were making them solo block a lot, the way they were moving, the way they were lined up, and they were able to shoot the gap and make the tackle. So that first, second and third quarter, Bengals did a very good job with that um, because the Rams are predicated on trying to run the ball. McVay wants to run the ball and set up play action, set up um, deeper throws off the play action, and then just maybe he's going to break a run and then you have to play it a little different. Oh, my gosh, how do we give up the back? Um And so I thought they just did a good job with that. Um, and then when OBJ went down, they were able to really clamp down, um, especially on the running back, swinging them out. That's what really kind of helped them. And I'll talk about the Rams offense later about why OBJ, just because he was out doesn't mean you give up on some of your stuff. Um, but then they could just focus on Cup a little bit. Uh, so I thought they did a good job. I thought overall when you hold them to tw- now 23 points. Now the only time they did not – play well again first and fourth quarter because the fourth quarter on that drive well they started to let cup get some catches and then on that last drive that they had for the rams to march down and try to score to get to their 23 it was 20 to 16 the Bengals defense is starting to get a little bit worn down because when your offense is not scoring as much even though they scored 20 but there was a lot of punts you're going to get tired because you because you're spending all your energy on the wide zone to make sure they don't get that going. But then Matthew Stafford can make throws. And they were just getting pressure on him until they didn't. And then once they didn't, he's able to pick apart everything. Because he's good. I mean, he was good when he was with Detroit. So don't think, yeah, he's got a little better players around him now a little bit. But he still is playing good. Not as Maybe not quite top tier like he did a couple years ago. He's been in the league for a while. But he has a better play call around him. He's got a you know, more better players around him, and so they're he's still able to play. It's still Matthew Stafford, you know. So he was able to make throws, and once he starts getting into a rhythm, it's hard. So then the Bengals did try to come back with pressure, but by then it's too late. He's able to read it, the defense quicker. He when you allow a quarterback to get into a zone, then he starts reading defenses. You know, I always talk about confidence and mainly basketball. And you, when a confident basketball player, the 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 basket is bigger. You know, it's like, you know, it's tr- it's like shooting the basketball into a big laundry basket. Like, it's just going to go in. You know, we're shooting into a pool. Like, it's literally going to go in when a team gets confident. And so when a quarterback gets confident, then they're making plays. All of a sudden, the linemen start getting confident. All of a sudden, the receivers start getting confident. It's just what happens. And it's okay. I mean, it's okay. But then as a defense, you go, oh, man, now we got to start getting pressure again. Well, by then, he's reading the defense too quick. Receivers are reading the defense quicker. And things just, just seem to get open. And so first quarter, they struggled giving up uh, big plays. And then the fourth quarter, that final drive, they allowed Cup to catch one. It seemed like six passes. And then get a touchdown. Like, just seemed like they allowed him to get open. Uh, they were picking apart the zone. Uh, they should have doubled him, but then – the Rams just have weapons. Even if they double them, there's someone else open. So that would be the only complaint, is that when they stopped getting pressure, they just allowed Cooper Cup to get open. But sometimes you don't blame the player. Sometimes you just go up against a player like that that's going to get open. So no real complaint with the Bengals' defense. They played very, very tough. 
Um, and we'll get to the refs later, but I thought that final drive, they did what they could. They just like cup get open, but I mean, the pass interference was BS. Um, and then just these flags start flying all over the place. And I'll talk about the refs at the end of this, but I thought it was good defense. I didn't think it was pass interference, you know, uh, I thought there was a false start at the same time that, you know, the Rams tackle took off before the ball snapped. That happens a couple times in the NFL and they never get called. So the refs got to do a better job there. Bengals offense had really good moments again. First quarter, okay. And then they second quarter was really good uh, or better. And then the third quarter was really good. You know, they scored three in the first, second, and the seventh, and seven in the second, ten in the third, and then they didn't score in the fourth. So, I mean, you're in a good spot there. Uh, Joe Burrow said he wished he would have played better. I mean, he didn't play bad. If you look at the numbers, he was 23 of 33, 263 yards and a touchdown. I just think he wants some throws back. There was throws there, especially in the fourth quarter. He underthrew like a longer curl route. And I think there was another one he overthrew a guy. And so there was just a couple throws he wanted back. And, the, and you know, going back to the Bengals defense, because I totally forgot. I mean, they forced two interceptions from Matthew Staff- or from Matt Stafford in that third quarter. It looked like it just looked like the Bengals were about to take over, like they were about to put the nail in the coffin because he had thrown an interception earlier, and then they the Bengals I think scored, and then the Rams come back out, throw an interception, so they're you know right for the pick and to come down and score again. But then the Rams defense did step up. So whenever it just seemed like the Bengals were just about to just take off the Rams would step up and do something. So that it was a special, it's a special team or was a special team. So it just good, you know, more, I'll talk about the Rams then, but it just seemed like that. Um, so the Bengals offense, you know, I thought they had good moments. The, the third quarter was really the best. Um, and that second quarter, they started to really, Joe Burrow started to hit some passes there, you know, and they got the touchdown um, pass. But then in the third quarter, what I really liked was, so with the Rams defense, you know, with that defensive line and the safeties, you just got to pick. So when you're pass protecting, you've got Aaron Donald coming at you. You've got other these big defensive line coming through. You've got Von Miller coming after you. But then when you run the ball, it's the same thing. Like, oh, my God, there's these big guys. How do we move them? And they were passing a lot in that first quarter, a little bit in the second quarter. In that third quarter, they said, okay, we've got to get this run game going because we've got to get them to suck up. Maybe we can beat Jalen Ramsey one-on-one, which – that was a missed flag too, I guess, but it wasn't like he did it on purpose. It was just, you know, missed when he pulled on the face mask. But we got to be able to get thrown over the top. Um, it will help Joe, it'll help Burrow out because then they're going to get sucked in and maybe we can swing it out to the running backs. Cause they, you saw a couple of times they motion a running back out and they're trying to read the backer, uh, to maybe throw it to the backside. And then there was one where they motion out and they hand the ball up because the linebacker went out. So they try to get the run game going. You saw a couple more tight ends in there to add a couple gaps in the run game. You saw a couple extra linemen. You called the barge from Illinois when they called it that this year. So you saw some of that, and I liked it. And so where the Bengals were having a success were when they were under center with more linemen and tight ends and empty, believe it or not. Empty, he had to get rid of the ball quick, but they were finding stuff. So that opened up a lot. So in that third quarter, we saw all that stuff. They did get some big run plays going in the third quarter. Joe Burrow was hitting the short pass game, and they were taking a little bit of time off the clock. Now the only problem was now they scored their 10, but then they were having a hard time in the fourth quarter getting back to the end zone. The Rams' defense finally kind of stepped up and said, screw this. And that offensive line just got worn down. I was impressed. That first quarter you saw was a little bit rough. Second quarter they started to play a lot better. In the third quarter they were playing really, you know, good for them. You know what I mean? Like, 
I think Joe Burrow sacked 51 times this year or something like that, and they gave up a ton of sacks last night. But in that fourth quarter, literally in shotgun, Joe Burrow would get the snap, and within a second or two, literally 1.5 to 2 seconds, he was getting swarmed. Swarmed because they were bringing pressure. Sometimes they brought fives, he got hat on a hat, and they'd still get him. Uh, and I know one of them's Eric Donald, and you want to double-team him, but they bring five on five. Now, does Burrow need to get rid of the ball? People are saying, I'll get rid of the ball quicker. Yes. Did the guy get time in 1.5 seconds to automatically know to turn the ball and throw? And the times that he would do that, the guy's getting tackled at the line of scrimmage. He's trying to get at least two to five yards here, guys. So this whole he's got to throw it quicker not going to happen when you're when you're getting pressured in 1.5 to two seconds. It ain't going to happen. So the old line played well, then they just got worn down. To try to block that big defensive line for the Rams, which isn't fair, over and over and over and over again, and the amount of passes they, you know, they just got tired. They got worn down. Like some of these linemen are second stringers. Some of these linemen don't start on another team. And, you know, take it from me watching the Bears offensive line. I don't think they're that bad. But again, they made it to the Super Bowl. So what does that tell you? But I didn't think our offensive line was that bad. But take it from me from a Bears fan watching bad offensive line play for the last couple of years. Um, take it from me that the Bengals need to address that. And I hope, you know, Ryan Poles and, and Bears. You're watching that going, an offensive line probably would have helped Joe Burrow out, and maybe they could have won the Super Bowl. I'm not saying that's the the only thing. There was plays not made. But as Bears fans and the Bears organization, they better be looking at it going, if we want to get to the Super Bowl, we better be uh, getting some linemen. Better get some linemen. But they got worn down during their defensive line. Uh, they gave up a shit ton of sacks, um, You know, plays that were about two seconds. Um, and then the comeback when the Rams came down and scored, you know, the Bengals were moving the ball a little bit, but then they gave up big sacks. Um, the third and one or the third and two play call. Um, and they decided to run the ball from shotgun. I didn't quite understand that. Now, again, it's easy. Hindsight's 2020. It's easy for me to sit here and say that because I'm not the one coaching. I'm not the one game playing. I'm not the one out there, but that play call was a little suspect. Um, and then I think it was third and one after that, maybe four, fourth and one, fourth and two. A lot of people said she probably should have ran the ball. I thought so. I thought they should have brought another lineman and maybe two tight ends out there and a wide receiver motion a guy or try to do what they did, bring a guy in motion to fake the jet sweep. But they drop back, try to throw it. It hits off the guy's hands, could have been caught. Um, it just came up. But what, but what starts to happen is I don't care how cool Joe Burrow is, and Joe Burrow is as cool as the other side of the pillow, as cool as a cucumber. When you're – and he's gotten hit a lot, so he's used to it. But in the Super Bowl, second-year NFL quarterback, you're getting hit within 1.5 seconds. That's what you start to look at. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Tom Brady. I don't care if you're Brett Favre. I don't care if you're Aaron Rodgers. In the back of your mind somewhere. Now, maybe if he was a 10-year vet and this has been a couple Super Bowls, maybe Tom Brady's not quite thinking that. He knows exactly everything. But being a second-year quarterback, actually a year-and-a-half quarterback because he missed a lot of last year, you're getting hit within 0.1 second to two seconds somewhere in that time. You're thinking about so he's churning, wants to get rid of it really quick, and the Rams are quick enough on defense to come up and make a play. And even when he got rid of it quick, there's already a guy in his face because you know the linemen look like they were on skates or they had butter on their feet because they're going all the way backwards. So makes it and drops it, and you know the I'm not blaming the line, but that's a struggle right there, and they have to address it, but. Comes up short. Uh, on the Rams side, we've already talked about a little about the Rams in that, but we're going to talk about it here a little bit. Um, the Rams offense, 
I thought looked good um, at the beginning. And then, like I said, then the, the Bengals really started to take the run game away from them. And I just felt like sometimes the Rams were forcing the run game, but McVay is predicated on running the football. He believes that opens up a lot of things. Big zone guy, inside zone, wide zone. Um, Bengals and the Rams kind of ran a little bit of duo. Some of the big run plays Bengals had was duo. And I know it looks like inside zone, but you saw how the double teams work in the angle. It was duo. And, you know, I thought it was duo and I went to tweet it and I saw someone else say it was duo. And I was like, oh, thank God. I thought it was duo. I'm not an idiot. It's not as big of an idiot as I thought. Um, so I thought they looked good. But then where they struggled was they were really trying to force that run game like crazy. Um, if you can't force the run game, then you should start passing it. But where, where it kind of went down for them was when OBJ hurt his knee and went down, they were trying to have other guys step up. And so my thought was really like you have Cooper Cup, but they're going to focus on him, but then that opens up other people. Now there was a couple drops here and there, and I know they were saying on um, – the announcers were saying that you know there was a drop and Matthew Stafford – they said, oh, Matthew Stafford lost faith in him. I love when they say that because or trust – Maybe throughout the year, if they keep dropping balls, you do that. But I don't think that one drop is going to be like, I don't trust that guy no more. Especially in the Super Bowl. Like, no, I have to throw and we have to make plays. We have to step up. So I don't believe that he lost faith or anything. But I got kind of, I was a little uh, confused on some of McVay's play calling. And when I say confused, just like, well, I would just do this. Not saying his play call was wrong because that guy is 36 years old, won a Super Bowl. Like, he knows way more football. He has forgotten more football than I will, and he's only five years older than me. Like, he knows so much football. He probably knows more football than some of the 40, 50-year-olds. The only thing a 40, 50-year-old NFL vet would have is just different situations on him. But they were really trying to force that wide zone, and it wasn't working. The Bengals were making great tackles, and they were really – and the offensive line struggled for a little bit there. Matthew Stafford was getting pressured, and he was getting hit, and that one where his ankle went all the way – like it was yeah it was it's not good uh but he was getting pressured so that offensive line so this was just a tale like both teams had their moments where one quarter one team you know they flip-flopped first quarter the rams played well second quarter the Bengals played well and then the Bengals played well the third quarter and then it just happened the rams played better in the fourth now if it would have flip-flopped like in a in order the Bengals should have played better in the fourth but that's just what it is they they, it just kept flip-flopping um and then Cup became alive and had like six catches on that final drive to come down and, and get the touchdown. And, you know, the stats for the Rams, Matthew Stafford, you know, he had the two interceptions, which again, it was credit to the Rams. That was a moment where the Bengals could have just taken off and just slammed this game down. But they didn't. They never folded. He had 283 yards on 40 passes, completed 26 of them, and he had the two touchdowns. But Cup, he had eight receptions, 92 yards, and two touchdowns. So he really became alive, really helped them out um, on offense, You know, speaking offensive-wise right now. And they just could not stop him in that final drive. And that final drive was like watching the uh, Buccaneers game all over again because they couldn't either. They couldn't stop him either. There's just something about Matthew Stafford in these fourth-quarter comeback wins, and he did a couple of them in Detroit where he just comes out and makes good throws plays well, and like I said, when he gets confidence, confident, and then their defense held up, you know, giving up some of those plays um, and the amount of pressure they got. I can't say that enough. You know, that that defense is not fair. The defensive line is not fair. Um, they really battled with that old line and then finally just kind of take over from the Bengals. They wore them out very quickly. They were able to get pressure very quickly. In that final drive, they were blitzing. They were, 
you know, get you know, push that line around, you know, and they were like, not, not, not to, to, to today, Junior. That's what they told him. They were not going to lose that game. Uh, so then the Rams pulled it out for that 23-21. to 21. The Bengals just had to get a field goal to tie. I was sitting there going, we're going to overtime. The way the season has gone and the overtimes in the playoffs you already had, we're going to overtime. That's what I thought. I thought they could get down there. The kicker for the Bengals had this cooler, this cooler than everything. He sat and watched the halftime show. So I really thought we were going to overtime, but then the Rams got it. And the Rams won the Super Bowl. Um, before we talk more about the Super Bowl, football coaches – uh, during the seasons, do your defensive line and offensive line, they take a lot of hits, right? Because they hit every single play. Well, that's why it's the best because we're the best. We're the best looking. Uh, we're the most athletic. I don't care what people say. We're most athletic. And we hit every single play. Every single play. But that's a lot of hits. That's a lot of scuff marks on the helmet. And that's a lot of times the guys are hitting. Um, there's a way to protect those helmets and protect the shells and protect the craniums of those guys, and it's Guardian Caps. If you go to guardiansports.com slash guardian-caps, you can check out that goes, you know, it's literally padding and absorbs the hit. It goes over the helmet. Um, it absorbs 20 to 33% of the impact, which is huge. Um, it's worn by five, over five NFL teams and 200-plus colleges like Oklahoma, Penn State, uh, Georgia, and Alabama. So if it's good enough for them, it's good enough for you. Especially, it's definitely good enough for me. So if you go to guardiansports.com slash guardian-caps, use the code 15OFF, O-F-F, it will save you 15% off your order, whether you're buying 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, or 200. It's going to save you money. And we're about saving money. So if you've got it in your budget, your football budget, you've got it in your fundraising, if you think families want to buy them, Help them out. Guardiansports.com slash guardian-caps. Use the code 15OFF15, 15, the number 15, O-F-F, and save 15% off your order. Go do that for me. Let them know I sent you. Thank you, Guardian Caps, Guardian Sports, for sponsoring the podcast. Football coaches, while I still have your ear, you've got to develop your kicker. Kickers are important for field goals and especially kickoffs because – Field position means everything. So if you want your kicker to start kicking the ball deeper, if you want him to get um, into the end zone for touchbacks, if you're in situations where you need an onside kick, believe it or not, it does take practice with a kicker, but you know what's going to help him out? It's probably your kickoff tee, believe it or not. Not the old school orange ones that stick straight up in the ball, can only be at a certain spot. No, it's probably your tee, and I've got the tee for you. If you go to launchpadkickofftee.com, Check out their tee. Now, mine is at practice. Mine's at school right now. It's in our special teams bag. But it's it's this creative like rubber and these flaps. You can place the ball however you want. There's a strategic way to place the ball to kick it farther for squib kicks and onside kicks, different ones. You never knew that, did you? When you order it, it will literally come with a piece of paper like a manual, and it will tell you how to put the football for the sweet spot for whatever you want to do. So then your kicker can practice that. The, you know, Tuesday you want him to do specific onside kicks. That's what he's doing. Wednesday you want him to do deep kicks to certain spots. You can you don't even have to move the tee. However you want to place the football for it, that's how it's there for. Um, so there's just a strategic way to do it. It's the best kicking tee in the game. It is able to be used at the high school level. So go do that. Go to launchpadkickofftee.com slash CSS. And at checkout, use the code CSS. 
and you will get 10% off your order. But then when you buy two, you're going to get even more. I'm going to buy about 20% off. Then the next one, there's a four pack. Well, when you do that, that four pack, they're going to drop the price of the third one. So you're literally buying three and getting the fourth one free. So launchpadkickofftea.com slash CSS and use the code CSS at checkout. You're going to save 10, 20% or buy one, buy three, get one free. It's going to just there to save you money. So again, launchpadkickofftea.com slash CSS. Use the code CSS to save you money. I'm about saving you money. Got to save the money. Unless you want money in the Super Bowl, then you don't need, and then you can go buy more kickoff tees. You want money in the Super Bowl. Got to get that money. All right. So again, Rams on the Super Bowl. Real quick. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Did you guys know that there's refs in a football game? It's crazy, right? Did you know that there's refs in an NFL game? You didn't know that? They wanted to know, they wanted you to know they were there. There was no really penalties. There was a couple like a delay a game and this stuff. But it was a real clean game. You didn't see a lot of any holding calls, you didn't see this or that. Now they missed the one. <laughs> On Jalen Ramsey, the guy reached around and grabbed his face. I think that guy was just trying to get around. And sometimes just naturally, like as soon as your fingers feel something, you're going to grab it like a baby. You know, they feel with their fingers. I think that's what kind of happened. I don't think he really did it on purpose to be like, I'm going to pull you and do this. I don't believe he did anything like that. But then in that final drive, all of a sudden the refs were like, hey, hey, oh, wave. We're here. We know you're there because you were calling a good game until that freaking pass interference on the Bengals. That was not even the even Chris Collinsworth, who people call out, he was like, I, I don't see that as a pass interference. That's a no call. Leave it alone. There was worse ones earlier in the game. So this is this is the thing. And I'm speaking from experience. I don't mind quote unquote bad refing. If I disagree with a call, but the thing is, if you're doing it to the other team when the exact same thing happens and they call it that way too or don't call it that way, I accept it. I go, okay, this is your interpretation of the rule. This is your interpretation of whatever. This is how you're going to call it. That's what we're going with, and I'm all I'm all for it. I will not yell at the ref. I will not question it as long as you're doing it the other way, especially in basketball. Basketball is huge, but in football, exactly the same too. But by God almighty... Like, that was not a pass interference. All of a sudden, it's just pass interference, pass interference, hold on the defense, um, this and that. And it was like, okay, they had, it's like they had a quota, and they said we have to get them. Now, were some of those the right calls later on? Oh, a little bit. But still, like, again, it's those type of things were happening earlier in the game. If you call those early in the game, then the teams know, oh, okay. We know how they're going to call this game, so now we can adjust how we play. You do that in basketball, you do that in football. I mean, 
I mean, and you and, and baseball pitching, you know a strike zone, but then when you're throwing the pitch and you start to realize maybe the strike zone is a little bit bigger, so now I can flirt with it outside more than what I do. Oh, he's calling it tighter, so I gotta throw it tighter. You adjust to what's going on there because everybody has a different interpretation. They could have the rule right there. Some things cannot be interpreted one way or interpreted some way, but then others will. You know, some some do. So you're able to do that. So the refs had to make sure we knew we were there. It's been a problem the whole year. Now, we have a ref shortage, so we have to be careful, guys. We have a ref shortage. NFL, you're not going to find new ones. College, you ain't going to really find good ones because in high school, they are they're getting out getting paid 50 bucks to be yelled at by me, which I haven't yelled at a ref in years because I quickly realized, well, not quickly, it took me some years. My God, the refs have a horrible job. They're a thankless job. The fans yell at them. The parents yell at them, which is horrible. So people like me back in the day when I was younger, like yelling at them for 50 bucks or 70 bucks, this ain't worth it to them after a while. So they have a ref shortage. We have to deal with it. But it was just a pain that the type of stuff was happening. And then they decided to call those type of things down there later on. It was just, just just call it the whole game then or call it the beginning and then I can figure it out. Um, so did not like the ref thing. Wouldn't get that off my chest. Hope you guys were okay. I got that off my chest. Um, then after the Super Bowl, um, you know, there was a rumor before the Super Bowl that Aaron Donald might call it a career if they won the Super Bowl. And ask him about it, he, you know, he was just a loss for words that they won the Super Bowl. I kind of don't like that immediately after the game that reporters of the Super Bowl, like normal games, yeah, but the Super Bowl is like immediate. They, they grab them and they're like, we got to ask them a question. Can't you just let them celebrate for 15 minutes and then you ask them after? I don't understand that part. But they're asking him and he just doesn't under- – and then, then to ask him, like, it's one thing to ask about, you've always wanted a Super Bowl, this is what's been holding, like, this is adding on to your amazing career. Um, what, what words do you have? And sometimes I'm going to say they don't have words. Sometimes they're very poised at the moment. But he was very emotional because they won the Super Bowl. It was an emotional game The de- because the defense had to get a big stop. And then they go, well, it's rumored you were going to retire. What do you think? Yeah, he's going to retire right then and there. No, no. He's going to enjoy the Super Bowl with his teammates, his coaches. He's going to go find his family and enjoy it with them. He'll talk to you tomorrow or the next day when the hangover is gone. So I hate that. But it's rumored he's going to retire. Um, He is in his 30s. He's been in the league, I think, since 2014. So he's been there a little bit of time. And I know some people are like, well, he's still young. He's still playing at a high level. It's okay if he retires. One, you're retiring with money. You're retiring a Super Bowl champion. You've been Defensive Player of the Year. You tackled a bunch of times. You've had a bunch of sacks. And, And at the same time, if he feels like he wants to retire and go do something else, he can. And I always will go back to Pat McAfee. He retired very, very early. And I remember when people were saying, oh my God, someone have an intervention with him. He shouldn't retire. If he is not having fun anymore, wants to go do something else, let him retire. And look what Pat McAfee's doing now. He's doing something he loves. They just got paid. So he's doing things that he wants to do. So to the people that are saying Aaron Donald shouldn't because of how young he is or whatever, what else he's going to accomplish? He's got Defense Player of the Year. He's had a ton of sacks. He won a Super Bowl now. If he feels like he wants to go do something else, let the guy go do something else. Like, just let him go do something else, please. Don't say that he needs to stay at all. Please and thank you. 
So if he does retire, we just witnessed one of the greatest defensive linemen of all time, one of the and this is nothing but respect. This is not a bad thing I'm about to say. A freak. Like, he looks like he could be a power lifter with, like, Brian Shaw and Eddie Hall and, you know, and Thor. And, you know, he looks like he could do that. Or if he started working out and doing all that, he could probably be a bodybuilder. That's what it looks like. So if he wants to go do something like that, let him go do it. You know, he's accomplished what he wants to. If, he's, if he feels like he's done, he's done. So, but we've just witnessed if he is done, which I don't know if he is or not. Um, one of the greatest defensive linemen that we've seen. Um, you know, he's 36 years old. I believe he's 36. I think he's the same age as McVay. Um, ton, ton of stuff. Um, he's pretty young, but you have other things to do. Just let him go. Um, and then, for some reason, I didn't know anything about it to the Super Bowl. Something about McVay retiring. At the age of 36. And then they asked him afterwards, you know, they're talking to him after they've been around the team and everything. And they asked him, they were like, so, you know, Sean McVay, 36 years old, Super Bowl champ, you know, head coach of the Rams. It, are you going to retire? And he goes, no. And he goes, well, you know, I'm just proud of the team. I can't wait to celebrate. And he goes, and I don't remember any of it tonight. So, you know, they're going to be hung over for two days. But he said, no. Like, he's just, he just like, no. But then somebody like, well, he brushed. See, this is what reporters do sometimes. There's a lot of reports out there that are very respectable, like Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport, Aaron Andrews. You know, those type of people are very good at their job. But then when they were like, when they said no, they're like, oh, he brushed off the question. What do you mean, brushed off the question? He just said no. And he's talking about, again, he's worried about being with his family. He's worried about being with his teammates because they won the Super Bowl. God, some of this, the media stuff, sometimes it's sports, especially politics, like it just gives you a headache. Um, one, I didn't know that it was brought up for him to retire. Number two, why would he retire? Now, again, we're not in his mind, but I mean, he's 36 years old. Ton of football left. He can't be burnt out yet, right? Maybe he is. Maybe that's how he got the job. He just did the amount of work and amount of studying like a 40, 50-year-old veteran has. I have no idea. I just, I see Aaron Donald retiring over Sean McVay. He's got a good thing going. He's made the playoffs, I believe, five out of the six years he's been there. Won a Super Bowl, been to another Super Bowl, and had lost a very close one, a defensive battle against the Patriots a couple years ago. I don't see him retiring. He's a great coach, great offensive mind, great great coach, connects with the players. I think because of how young he is, because some people flirted with that line of, you have to be older to connect with these players and do things. But he was 30 years old, probably talking to 34-year-olds, 35-year-olds. Hell, their left tackle, right tackle was 40 years old. So able to talk to people like that and figure it out, pretty good coach in my opinion. If he does get fired, though, there's a place in Chicago that might be getting a new place in Arlington that maybe he could go to. Oh, I guess I'll give Eberflus a chance. Um, I'm interested to see how the Rams are going to look next year because, you know, what's next? Well, we'll see what they're made of. Uh, they drafted all; the, they got rid of all their draft picks for the next ten years. So, I mean, we'll see what they look like. Um, you're going to have a couple people maybe retire. You're going to have to fill in some pieces. Are you going to bring back OBJ? You're going to pay him in Bitcoin again? Are you going to have Matthew Stafford still? Are you going to have Cooper Cup? He's going to have to get paid. So, just some decision makings. But if they can keep the initial core of that team together, they should be able to make a run. And I'm interested to see because if they bring everyone back, maybe not everybody, but most of them. With Tom Brady probably being retired out of the NFC. Jimmy G's on the move from San Francisco. Russell Wilson may be on the move. He might go to the AFC um, or go to some other team on the complete other side of the NFC uh, for them and the Rams. 
uh, Rogers' future up in question? Is he going to still be at Green Bay? Is he going to go to the Steelers? Is he moving to another NFC team? Because we just don't really know right now. Who's really going to go against the Rams? You know, is it going to be the Arizona Cardinals? Um, does uh, Russell Wilson say at the Seahawks and it becomes them? Who knows? So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see about the NFC. Um, Rodgers, if he stays with the Packers and they can figure it out. You know, the Falcons are nothing. I'm trying to think of teams in the NFC. They're, you know, nobody in the NFC North really besides the Packers. If Rodgers there, Sanford, or uh, uh, St. Louis or New Orleans, uh, the Saints are in disarray. So, I mean, just trying to think of NFC teams. Who's really going to go after the Rams if they can bring back their core? Um so we'll see on that side. The Bengals, uh, they're they're gonna have a tougher go at it than I think the Rams. To, uh, for as of this point in time, until we see where people land and all that, all that stuff, because they're gonna have the Chiefs. They've got the Bills. If the Ravens get healthy, uh, the Ravens are gonna be tough. And then what if Rodgers goes to the Steelers? Like so, you have some teams there in the AFC that are going to cause problems. Um, uh, Patriots are gonna get better. Uh, so, I mean, you got teams in the AFC that are going to cause some problems. So the Bengals are going to have a tougher go. But if they they got to address that offensive line, they've got to get some offensive linemen. And every single draft pick of theirs from here on out, if they can keep the rest of their team, needs to be offensive linemen. Or go out and find some veteran offensive linemen that can play and bring them in there. Because if they bring an offensive line and they get a better consistent run game uh, and their wide receiver core stays healthy and their defense continues to get better, They'll be there. I'm not saying to the Super Bowl, but they're going to be in the playoffs and they will do something special. And Joe Burrow, if he takes that next step, because he took a step for being injured, because he looked okay last year and he got injured. Then he was a little shaky, but then he took that next step to get better. If he takes that next step, because next year will be pretty much a sophomore slump. This year is supposed to be that, you know, next year is supposed to be a quote unquote sophomore slump. If he could overcome that and step forward, I think he'll be okay. Um, so they're going to have a much tougher go, but that's what's next with the Bengals. Um, but to wrap it up, I mean, the Rams did what they set out to do uh, when they traded every single draft pick for like the next 10 years. They got staff, they got OBJ, they got a tons of other pieces around. Uh, Cooper Cup was a MVP finalist, um, had a fantastic Super Bowl. McVay's only age 36, gets a Super Bowl. Um, Going to be out partying. I'm sure they're still partying as we speak. Um, Stafford beat the Lions curse he won a Super Bowl for himself and the Detroit Lion fans so congratulations to Matthew Stafford I wanted the Bengals to win because I feel like um, you know my neighbor uh, shout out to my uh, old neighbor that I lived across uh, Jim he said he just felt like the Rams almost bought their Super Bowl because it's like a Yankee thing where you're just getting all these guys you're paying a lot of money and it sucks and I kind of agreed with him but I wanted Matthew Stafford. If if the Bengals were going to lose, it would be to Matthew Stafford or Jimmy G. Uh, so, congratulations, Stafford. He won a Super Bowl. Um, the Bengals defined all odds, made it to the biggest stage. Because it's the Bengals. They're not supposed to even get to the playoffs. So, they just were playing with house money. They've really stepped up with a young coach themselves. And... Did pretty well. If they address an offensive line, they're going to be very deadly. Joe Burrow, if he continues to play well, he's not going anywhere. So fun times ahead in the NFL with quarterbacks. Super Bowl's done. Now we got to wait, but guess what? We got USFL coming for spring football, so there'll be some football to hold us over until we get to college. Uh, we'll have some spring games coming up in college, and then we got to hold off to the NFL getting um, later on down the road. Um, but that wraps up this episode. Thanks for anybody that watched or listened. 
Um, again, like and subscribe, um, rate, review, be a friend, tell a friend, all that good stuff. Check out all the affiliates in the description below. Leave a comment in the comic section. Follow the Twitter at the co- at Coach underscore Steve seventy two. The Facebook page is a Coach Steve Show. Go do the, go do all that for me. It's all in the description. Um, in the link tree. Um, thank you guys so much for watching or listening. Hope you enjoyed the Super Bowl. Uh, and until next time, this is Coach Steve, and we are out of here. Redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino style games to choose from, you too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a world. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.